Welcome to the RD2B podcast. Each week we sit down with a different registered dietitian nutritionist to showcase the diversity of opportunity in the dietetics profession. Our aim is to dismantle the notion that there is a traditional career path. I'm Carl Barnes, the registered dietitian behind the scenes of RD2B. And I am Jenna Warnock, the RD2B host. Our RD guests share their stories, career paths, and advice to help students like us succeed in the profession. Back to another week of the RD2B podcast. I am your host, Jenna, and I'm super excited to showcase another internship program this week. And this week, we're sitting down with Therese LaFrig. She's the Dietetic Internship Director at the University of Minnesota, and we're super excited to showcase her program. Thank you for spending time to talk about it with us. Thank you for having me, Jenna. So the first thing that we want to do is kind of set the stage with your current position. And so how did you obtain your role as the Dietetic Internship Director? Well, it was uh, very, I was very lucky, very serendipitous. I'd been working at the University of Minnesota in the food science and nutrition department for several years with the DPD program and coordinating other programs. When um, I started looking for a different position and the DI director position came open. So I was in the right place at the right time. (laughs) Oh yeah. And I think definitely with just that can also be taken with, I feel like a lot of networking opportunities in the dietetics field. It's just, you never know when they're going to happen, but whenever they do, it just always seems to be at the right time. And I'm really glad that that happened for you as well. Yes, thank you. And mm-hmm, yeah, and so going, um, you know, into the kind of like technical specifics of your program, do you like about how many students apply and about how many are accepted each cycle? And then kind of attached to that, do you participate in both fall and spring? Yeah, we, um, we've, participate in fall only match. So we always run September to May. And um, traditionally we had usually about a hundred applicants. We have 20 seats available, um, but we have seen as the national trend um, shows as well, a little bit of a decrease in the last couple of years. Um, And we have a pre-select process for our internal candidates, U of M students. And then also we participate in the computer match. So the the pre-select is always done prior to the computer match. So our website will always say how many seats are open after the pre-select. Awesome. And so with the timeline of the application, how uh, early do the pre-select students need to apply? They apply in, um, I want to say mid to late December. Gotcha. No, by mid-January. Oh, yeah. And that definitely kind of eases off the stress of, you know, that dreaded match day that isn't until April. Um, We fill about um, five of the 10 seats in each concentration with pre-select or up to five to six. So there's typically at least five seats available in each each concentration for the computer match. Awesome. And that's a great thing to know. And we'll definitely like dive a little bit deeper into your concentrations uh, a bit more into this interview. And so um, kind of going more into the specifics of your uh, dietetic internship, it is a standalone. And so, you know, you have a lot of other programs switching to MSDI, FEM, all those acronyms and things like that. And so for the foreseeable future going into 2024, you guys will be remaining a standalone? That's right. We really closely studied the benefits of going the graduate FEM route or not. And at this time for our program, what we decided to do instead was to develop a one-year master's degree called a Master's of Professional Studies, MPS. 
And we had one that was focused on nutritional studies. And so we've, we've um, changed that, directed the focus to dietetics. And that the first class will enter that this fall. The, so it's an MPS in dietetics. And that can readily be done um, first and then go into the internship after that. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And so that's a great opportunity for if someone's interested in also knocking out that grad degree with you guys to also do that with you guys. And Absolutely. so talking about, mm-hmm, and so talking about graduate degrees, if someone chooses not to do a graduate degree program with you guys, do you have any recommendations on what types of graduate degrees students should pursue if they're taking your program? Yes. Um, well, our two concentrations are MNT, so a clinical focus, and also an eating disorder focus. So graduate programs that give um, students a, a robust background in those areas. Um, and so some of the ideas might be either the degree might be called this or coursework in clinical nutrition, dietetics, eating disorder recovery, psychology, motivational interviewing or counseling techniques, um, nutrition, nutrition science, any of that kind of coursework or degree would would provide a solid foundation. Awesome. And I'm glad that you mentioned that you offer two of those specific concentrations, which I think is really unique in the clinical world of like, you know, you got the MNT, but then also the eating disorders concentration. And so can you kind of describe what prompted your program to offer those two concentrations? Yes, surely. Um, they're both great stories, I think. This, the U of MDI in its original form was an MNT focus. It wasn't called that back then. It started in um, 1917. So it was one of the first internships in the country. And it started in the hospital, the U, U of M's teaching hospital, um, at, with that clinical focus. And then there'd been some changes over the years. And then more recently, about 2015, the administration of the program moved back into the university setting. Um, and just before that, there was acknowledgement that nationally, um, not just in our country. Um, and the train, there wasn't much training available for dietitians. And so a collaboration between the person who was the, the director of this program at that time and the EMILY program, which is a treatment and recovery program that has a, has a presence in the Twin Cities area here, got together and created a concentration for training dietitians in eating disorder and recovery. Wow, and I think that's an awesome like background into how, I mean, first off, hearing that you guys have been around since 1917, that's incredible. And then, so you have a really strong foundation with that MNT concentration, and then just also how that eating disorder concentration naturally delved into your program. That's really, really nice. And so kind of going more into how those concentrations are incorporated into the rotations, can you kind of give a little snapshot into what it looks like if you're in the MNT concentration and then how it looks like if you're in the eating disorder one? Yes, we, for each of those concentrations, we add eight weeks of rotations in that specific area. So both concentrations get 14 weeks in clinical, about five or six weeks in community, four weeks in food service management. And to that, the MNT side adds eight more weeks of clinical and the eating disorder size, side adds eight weeks just in eating, eating, um, eating disorder recovery rotations. Awesome. And so with the eating disorder component, is it mainly inpatient or is it also outpatient or a mix of both? 
It is specifically a mix of both. So one month in each kind of setting and with exposure to adults and adolescents. So um, we do our best to give some exposure to inpatient, outpatient, adult and adolescent for each of the interns. Awesome. Yeah. And I remember you mentioning kind of before this interview, how you have very robust concentrations and they can definitely just see with how you were describing, you get a lot of exposure in both types of concentrations. And I think that's great. And like, if you had any other um, things to note about what the benefits of having two concentrations is, like, what would you say that is? Well, what we find, we have class days too, where the interns are all together twice a month. Um, so during those class days, each intern, their biggest presentation of the year for their um, concentration area is their case study. And so to the whole class, each intern presents their case study that they worked on for several weeks so that um, each MNT or eating disorder intern gets to hear 10 case studies on the other concentration side and has a chance to ask questions and interact with that so that both sides come out with a greater degree of knowledge in each of those areas than if it were just one or the other. Yeah, and I think that's just kind of putting it in that lens and also kind of noting how you collaborate with the other interns as well throughout the program. I think that's like a really good way to get the benefits of both sides. But also, if you're more interested in one, you can still, you know, like with what you said, dive a whole extra eight weeks into that concentration, which is great. And each year we do find that interns that came in to one of the concentrations being convinced that's what they wanted, where they wanted to go with their career, ends up finding out, wow, I had no idea how interesting that other one was. So between their rotations and the case studies, we each year we see people go into their first jobs in the other concentration area of work. <laughs> that's so yeah that's so funny but it's like what's great is you still set up those interns for you know going wherever they want to go regardless of what concentration they choose so it's like you know you don't you they aren't confined to what they choose at the beginning and you set them up for wherever they go which is really nice and um so one thing about your standalone dietetic internship is that it is like locally based in minnesota correct that's right and so um, one thing that, you know, you definitely see Ascend doing, the Academy doing, is that they're offering a whole lot more flexibility with the distance options, online programs, things like that. And so because your um, program is on site, what advice would you give prospective interns regarding finances, living arrangements, and those types of costs with your program? Yeah, for finances, we really, uh, we know these programs are very expensive, and ours currently does not have any academic credits. And so people are, interns are not eligible for student loans. Our program's not eligible for student loans right now. And so I find that um, students really benefit by, if they need to, taking a year off to work, both for experience and to save money so that they're not stressed by finance financial concerns during the internship. I've seen that go both ways. I've seen interns really stress out all year about it and really work hard and a lot of extra hours or some that say, nope, I just saved it all up and I'm ready to go. Um, and then, 
Well, in, in terms of housing, we connect current interns with any incoming interns that have questions about housing. We have some interns that are called that volunteer to be ambassadors, and then they talk amongst themselves to to give good ideas about parts of the city and um, where to rent. Yeah, so they're definitely not left out on their own. And one right, thing right. to to comment about, you know, like the some people do it in lump sum, some people, you know, kind of like the stressing and things like that. One thing, like a positive is, and one thing that we're really glad that we showcased your programs is if someone's listening to this and they still have like a year plus down the road and they realize this is a program that I really, really want to apply for, they can start preparing now, saving up. And then once they do that lump sum, set it and you're done you don't have to worry about it ever again and so yeah. mm -hmm. and we're like really and that's why we always like to showcase these and like just offer an abundance of resources so that if a student you know sophomore or junior in their undergrad realizes now we're you know you and I we're setting them up to make sure that they're as successful as they can be especially if they want to do their program and necessarily feel like they can't afford it now and, you know, we just really do appreciate you know, program directors and people like you volunteering your time, showcasing your program and giving advice and, you know, like those intern ambassadors, like it's really good to know that interns have that type of support. And going back into like, you know, interns support, you know, like that support, collaborating, things like that, you did mention how they all meet together and present all their different case studies. And but do you have any other examples of how um, often interns collaborate with each other throughout the program? Yeah, that's a really good question. Most of the rotations, the interns are pretty independent. We have some community rotations that specifically say they'd like interns in pairs, and the interns just love that. <laughs> and then in class, each time we meet, there's a portion that we call it check-ins where they report out which rotations are they in? What's going well? What do they have any concerns or issues? And so when two of them are in a rotation together, they have fun bouncing off of each other, telling telling their stories. So that's um, the check-ins are a great time for them to build community. Um, those rotations are a good time for them to collaborate. But that really might only be four, four or five of the weeks out of the whole year. But then the other places that we support them is at the end of each rotation, they fill out an evaluation with their preceptor. The preceptor fills it out. And then we go over that too. And if needed, um, have a chance to talk about it with them. Um, they also fill out a rotation report for each rotation and give us notes about um, kind of the inside scoop, something that we wouldn't know because we're not there. And so then if they flag an issue there, we can have a separate conversation with them and then go back to the preceptor, never connecting the intern's name with it, but to say, hey, if this were to come up, what's a great way we could handle this? Um and then they have assignments that are just due for the program that they turn in. And so that we can communicate um, some legislative assignments, um, uh, a few different kinds that gives us another opportunity to have discussions with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really great. And you and you have touched on with that kind of ways that you support them, like with those check-ins and like intern collaborations. But uh, regarding the more holistic picture of support, do you have any other ways that you support your interns, like both individually or in groups? Um, really just the relationship that we develop, the relationships, and it might be emails or we all we have all of their um 
cell phone numbers, sometimes we're texting back and forth, or they, they know that they can call at any time, and we can provide answers. We've done that. Um, we've had times where students have had trouble um, affording groceries, and we've hooked them up with resources for that, or housing, or um, students that are from out of town, and let's say their car breaks down, so then bus routes and Uber. And um, really, we do make sure that their basic needs are always met too. And we go out of our way to help them with that if needed. Yeah, I think that's really like great how, you know, you have their personal cell numbers and, you know, just those anecdotal, like if they reach out and they have a problem, you will do everything you, and you can in your position to help them. And I think like, it's also good to make the note because from what I've heard with other program directors, you know, they don't want interns to feel like they can't ask for help or feel like they're on their own the entire time. Like they have you guys and they have the other interns. And it's really, we always like to ask that question just so that, you know, prospective interns or um, students about to be interns know that they have a support system. Like they're paying good money to get that good support with the program. And you bring up such a good point, the conversations amongst the interns. Every year um, during the, well, at the beginning, once the whole class is selected, we send out a survey and ask um, some questions about, oh, fun stuff. So we get to know them and they get to know each other better. Favorite movies, um, all sorts of fun stuff, more on a personal level and a picture of themselves. So that once we're all together, we're, we have a little bit of a head start. And we always encourage them to um, create a team, whatever form of social media platform that they prefer. And they really use it. And we can always tell because one of them will come to me and say, hey, a few of us have a question about blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I know if I answer it, I can say, hey, can you let everybody else know? And I know that within seconds, that's already sent off to everybody. So it's nice to know that they really communicate amongst themselves too. Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, just an extra round of support. And like with what you said, there's no, there's no surprise that the interns that are in pairs in those rotations have the most fun out of that because, you know, they don't feel alone. They have someone to bounce ideas off of, but they also, if one person's doing better in one section of that rotation and, you know, they can kind of build off of their strengths and weaknesses. And it shows how, yeah, that teamwork makes the dream work, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. We've definitely seen that. Somebody will have a strength in one that somebody else is really new to. And yep, there's a lot of growth that happens there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, you know, even shows in the concentrations where exposing them to different ideas in the eating disorder or MNT realm, it's a really good way to just get a good, well-rounded experience in your program. And so, yeah, like we've touched on the really nice ways that you offer support and the ways that the interns feel like connected with each other and things like that. But are there specific things that past interns have really liked or enjoyed the most about your program? It can be common things you've heard or anecdotal. Yes, we, we do always hear that they love the classes, the in-person classes. And I think it kind of kind of feels like coming home like now because we're a decentralized program so our administration is on the campus but we work within hospitals across the Twin Cities area Minneapolis St. Paul area for all of our rotations and so when they're together in class is the only time they're all together and so they always say that they love class days um and then practicum, we, we've kind of renamed our staff relief to practicum whenever they get into that part of their rotations. They always say it feels so good to see how far they came from the beginning, like from orientation to, to 
on day one of the program to all of a the sudden they're doing staff relief and they're acting like a dietitian on their own. So it's exciting to them and it, it's exciting to us. And then I have to <laughs> I have to say they love winter break. They get two weeks off over Christmas and New Year's and or over the holidays and everybody really appreciates that time with their with their people and to be able to relax oh yeah for sure and it's like definitely that like I you know I feel like the first couple of months are definitely the hardest just with you know getting thrown into the water but then having that nice long break before mm -hmm. you know you go back in after the new year but it's definitely not as bad or as you know as new feeling as just mm -hmm. going back in but I think that's really great and um, yeah, so like you covered a lot of great things about what the interns like and, you know, just it definitely feels like a community and I love how you touched on it feels like coming back home, even though it's with that internship program. So I really do like it's really nice how much your program has that community sense feeling with those interns. And so if someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, oh, my gosh, I love this internship. I got to apply to it as soon as I possibly can. Uh, so what advice would you give a student getting ready to apply for your program or if you know if you want to have a specific a piece of advice for your program or just general advice for applying to pro programs sure well I think general advice think about um what kind of program might might you feel more comfortable in if it is it centered is it uh seated inside of a hospital so that all of your clinical and food service are going to be there or decentralized which um, there's a lot of them each way so think about that do you want to be in a big city for the application itself that personal statement a lot of people get really nervous about and i think the most important is to the real basics answer all the prompts um think of it think of that personal statement in those prompts kind of like a test or a quiz like if you don't answer the question you're not going to get points if all the reviewers are assigning points to each one of the questions, how thoroughly they were answered. So for sure, answer all those. And I find a lot of people, the one they don't answer is our questions around what are your opportunities for growth? And I'm guessing the mindset is, well, I don't want to tell them what I'm not good at in my application. I want them to think I'm really good. But actually, we're not looking for what you're not good at at we're looking for what is your insight what is your maturity level about where you know you want to grow some more and so we're really looking at your ability to have insight and reflection more so than what you may have strength in or not so um, be sure and answer those questions and you're not hurting yourself by saying that you have an area of growth you're actually showing a lot of maturity when you answer that question there's a section in there for um for your resume and a chance to explain what you did at each of those tasks. And so some of the descriptions that you put in are really helpful to us because there's a lot of positions that are called something like nutrition assistant or diet tech, but they, they're different at each location. So tell us some specific things you did. You know, you helped with um, texture modification for the IDSI diet, or you um, interacted with patients about their preferences or worked closely with a dietitian on, you know, so, so we get a sense of um, what you actually did and what the level of responsibility was.
Yeah, and I think that's a great thing to end on, especially tapping into the maturity insight aspect. And that even goes for what we mentioned for reaching out for help, you know, collaborating, exposing your weaknesses and things like that. And so thank you so much for showcasing uh, your dietetic internship, the University of Minnesota dietetic internship. I'm sure listeners are going to learn a lot about your program, but also just the great advice that you gave about internship programs in general. So yeah, just thank you so much for taking time to talk about it. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity.